<laughs> I got it. Um. Hey guys. to the puff puff slash podcast where two stoners co-workers and friends talk all things uh horror films and flicks i'm renee i'm tori Ooh. And, uh, <coughs> going through puberty <laughs> <laughs> and uh what are we talking about today tori today we will be talking about the first of the conjuring movies and i'm excited these are my favorite mm-hmm. horror films and i think that they're filmed really well I like the like the directors are great and I'm excited to dive into them yeah so I will say I am a a slasher chick above all else but um I feel like the Conjuring movies are like the exorcism franchise of our generation like you know and they deserve some talking about at least well you know how we mentioned that the scream movies were like um broke records at the box office and stuff Mm -hmm. one of the fun facts that i have about the this conjuring movie is that it definitely also broke records i'm pretty sure hold on let me find it the movie was in the works for 20 years, actually. Wow. That's a really fun fact. That's a long time to yes. ideate. Mm-hmm. And hold on, hold on. <coughs> oh. Ooh, cut that out. <laughs> Please. I beg. Uh, oh, it achieved the highest opening weekend for original R-rated horror. Okay. And Scream, I mean, The Conjuring 2 broke that record wow okay yeah for wasn't it for an opening weekend records right for both of them surpassing it's predicted 30 to 35 million um it ranked 41.9 over its first three days wow yep so before we get into it into it um we are still smoking the same weed that we did last up because we are recording on the same day we have the botanist botanist uh whole flower what is it uh citrus sap citrus sap gorge 16 or 21 percent let's see 21.16 percent actually I'm a stoner, but I got a brain up. <laughs> we are smoking out of my gorgeous piece from my bud vase. We love her. She's a beautiful little yellow She's number with flowers. Angel. And we also have a little J we're smoking on. So, yeah, let's get into it. Okay. You lead gonna, the way. I'm going to talk a little bit. Of, I'm going to walk us through the movie and then we're going to listen to some really weird, fun facts. Okay. So, The Conjuring came out in 2013. It is a supernatural horror film directed by James Wan and uh, written by Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes. And it's the first film in the franchise. 
um, Patrick Wilson and v- Vera Farm. Oh, Via Farmiga. Yep. Star is Ed and Lauren um, Warren, and the paranormal. Those Ed and Lorraine Warren are paranormal investigators. They were real people mm-hmm. that were really famous and caught the media's attention actually the first story that they did that caught the media attention was 20 years after their career already started and it was in their hometown in connecticut but they'd been doing this for years i feel like connecticut is haunted as fuck it is (laughs) like there might be no other haunted state maybe more than more than more than i think that might be true actually maybe it's creepy um so this story is real they're real life reporters inspired by the amity i can't even amityville amityville horror (laughs) film and story so in this movie the warrens come to help the perrin family who was experiencing increasingly weird and disturbing events in their house um we have a a really nice cast I love this cast. Yeah, it's a really great cast. But what I will say is that Joey King is in I love Joey King. She is a scream queen. This is in her earlier days. She continues to be a scream queen. She was younger. Yeah, she was much younger in this. This might be too early for this fun fact, but Joey King experienced weird shit on the (gasps) the filming of this. Oh, my God. We must talk about it after. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I love Joey King. I loved her in the act. I've seen her in so many movies. She is really really um, like owning horror and i love that for her that was like on hulu and it was about that the act the act yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. um it was about like gypsy rose blanchard gypsy that was her name it was like a real thing that happened no i know yeah yeah, it's crazy she did a great Um, job looking just like her very very good job um Um, okay so anyway we're gonna go into the opening scene of this movie wait so let's go through the characters really quick we have i'll I'll go through them we have vera farmiga as lorraine warren i love vera she's in so much horror she also i saw her irl at the freaking opening night of the um Stop. <laughs> the Sopranos movie. What's it called? The New Many Saints of Newark movie. We went know. to the we went to the opening night, and oh. she is in the Many Saints of Newark movie, and she was there like IRL on stage. It was crazy. I love her though. She's so great. She's also in that like uh, Psycho series on Netflix. That's so good. Um, I didn't watch that either. It's it's not called Psycho, but it's based on oh the Bates Motel. Bates Ooh, Motel. She's actually, so good. In that. So many people told me to watch that. It's really good. Um, okay, and then we have Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren Swoon. Love him. Love him. He's so good love him <laughs> he's in fargo i too. also like ron livingston yeah ron livingston is he cute. plays roger roger perone and then we have lily taylor as carolyn perone and i think one of the facts that i read was like lily taylor researched the exorcist in preparation for her role in this she movie did which is why i say these are like our modern day exorcist and they movies are. yeah, yeah. They are. um and then we have all of the kids we have shanley caswell as andrea Haley mcfarland as nancy joey king as christine uh, Mackenzie Foy as Cindy and Kyla Deaver as April. Poor little April. Um, there's some other people in here, like Shannon Cook as Drew Thomas, John Brotherton as Brad Hamilton, Sterling Jerrins Jer- as Judy Warren. Yeah, who is their kid? I think Adam Warren's yes, kid. Yeah, yeah, they are. She is, actually. Um, then there's some other people that. I will talk about later. Yeah, they're not as big characters. Um, so the opening scene to this movie I love because it's Ed and this person Debbie and her two friends start starting a story, mm-hmm. and the 
what's on the screen right now is a doll and you don't know what the doll's name is but spoiler it's annabelle so she explains that this doll that she got or had from her childhood has been doing weird shit moving in different places just not going to be like they would put it in the room and it would be in the hallway like just weird shit was happening no they ruled out any break-ins or possibility that it was someone messing with them because at first they thought that you know the doll looks kind of creepy like it could be someone just fucking with us they ruled out any possibility and so this girl's camila and debbie mentioned that they spoke to a medium and the medium said that there was a girl named annabelle there and that she wanted permission from the girls to inhabit the doll. So Annabelle's a ghost, right? She's a ghost that lived in their apartment, a, no? Yeah, a okay. seven-year-old little girl. And they find out why later. Right. But at first, like the, the medium was like, the girl wants permission to live inside the doll because it'll make her feel more real and closer to you guys. And she thinks be, yeah. that we're like all roomies, whatever. And we can play together and whatever. Right. So the vibe. reason the doll is moving up until this point is because the ghost of the... Of Annabelle is, is moving, moving the doll is playing with it but now right. she wants to inhabit the doll yeah okay and because she claimed that she was lonely and she wanted to live with them in real life and I'm like this is not any red flags for y'all but I mean whatever. <laughs> I don't know I feel like I could easily fall into that trap because I always and try to <laughs> see the positive no, I and, I, and I and I I, I hate like a lonely like I need friends. I know like but that gets me, you know. But the fact that the doll looks so creepy and this girl, lo- I mean, first of all, the doll would never be in the house if it were me. But anyway, my mom. I did I ever tell you that my mom used to collect like creepy like dolls of no. clowns? Oh my god, this was like a thing that she had like a hobby I would for. Be out so fast. And then after I saw the movie It, I was like, "We're taking all of these and putting them in the attic." Like I'm not, I'm not living this life anymore. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Remember there was real life clowns terrorizing people in the United States? Like, no thanks. I'm literally sorry. What? Okay. Anyway, of course. <laughs> They say yes to letting her inhabit the doll because their excuse is that they're nurses and they love helping people. Yeah, they're empathetic, which I'm saying I get, but like also big mistake. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> of course, that's when things start popping off and getting worse. They come home one night to a note outside of their front door that says miss me in yeah. red crayon. And then they're like, what the fuck? This was really alarming to the girls because... Oh, so they open the the door to their apartment and they see her in the hallway staring at them. And this is extremely alarming because they left her in the spare room. Yeah. And like she was in the hallway staring at them as soon as they walked in. So it's super. They're definitely suspect. They go into the spare room where she was left and shit is popping off. She like destroyed their apartment. No, she like drew all over the walls and like red crayon. Yep. And then on the wall, it says miss me. Yeah. Like miss me crayon. Like super big. They're over it. And then when they're while they're looking at the ceiling, they hear something rolling in. It's the red crayon. It uh, stops abruptly right before the entrance of the door. So, you know, shit's popping off. Um, Debbie grabs the doll, throws it in the trash can. She's had enough of this shit. Like She's outside in the trash, yeah. right? Outside of the apartment in the trash. Like in the literal like dumpster yeah. outside their apartment where there's tra- all these trash bags and shit like that. Guess what happens next? In the middle of the night, the girls hear banging outside of their front door. Like extremely intense. The girls both one at a time come out of their rooms and they're like, what the fuck? 
And then they open the front door. They see another note on the floor that says, miss me with a question mark. They threw this doll out, y'all. Like, it's <laughs> it's just a doll, but it's, it's like a... <laughs> And then as the girls are distracted by this note, they hear a banging, but now it's coming from inside, inside the apartment. Inside the house. Inside the apartment, in the spare room. And they're like, what the fuck? She opens the door, and it, it cuts, scene cuts, because we like, we never see what was left in that room. Not in yeah. this movie. But anyway, um, they're shocked, and they look terribly upset, but we never see what happens, like I said. Yeah. Anyway, they ask... They're basically telling Ed and Lorraine this story, right? And they're yeah. asking them for advice. And basically, Ed and Lorraine, Lorraine don't think that it's a ghost. They think that it's an inhuman spirit that's like, uh, that that you basically, when you let the inhuman spirit live in that doll, you gave it permission to invest your lives. Right. And, and he was like, this is something excru- extremely manipulative. Yeah. And, and it's demonic. In, in inhuman, something that's never walked the earth in human form. So yeah. so it was like the hooked. doll was never possessed. It was just moved around as like a conduit to try to get inside of like your lives. Correct. So creepy. And then. Bad news overall. You very know? bad news. And um, then we cut. We're into a new story. It's kind of like a false start. But it's not. They're it's just basically introducing us to like the theory of Annabelle and like and where we get that story. Ed and Lorraine are now like teaching this to yeah, uh, like in like a seminar at like yeah, co- like a classroom, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they, I guess I saw one of the people had a, a a pamphlet that said "Seekers of the Supernatural." So I guess yes. they go around giving these talks, right? Um, then there's some on-screen text. I know you have it. You want to go through? Yeah, I do have on-screen text. Um, so since the 1960s, Ed and Lorraine Warren have been known as the world's most renowned paranormal investigators. Lorraine has a gifted clair. Lorraine is a gifted clairvoyant, while Ed is the only non-ordained demonologist recognized by the Catholic Church. Out of the thousands of cases throughout their controversial careers, there is one case so malevolent they've kept it locked away until now. Based on the true story, baby. Yeah. The Conjuring. Yep. So it's now we're in 1971. Carolyn and Roger Perrone. Yeah, we're in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Right. They move into an, a depleted old farmhouse because that's all they can afford with their five daughters. They five. have a fuck ton of daughters. Jones. Shout out Rosie Matteo, who has four daughters. Too many kids. Jeez. Five fucking kids. Um, That's a lot. Too many kids. Rosie would probably say one too many. <laughs> <laughs> she would say one too many. Um, um, but... In night. So everyone's pumped to pick their rooms. Everyone's psyched to get into the I house. Do, yeah. So like this, this, this scene, like where where they're like all you know moving in day, like getting into the new house and like the chaos of the house is like what I feel like I missed out on, like being an only child growing oh, up. Oh, one hundred percent. It like looked so joyful and happy and like chaotic. Yes, but and they always and had like, someone to play with. Yeah, like, like they what were a blast. Each other off. Yeah, they stood up for each other at school. Yeah, cute. Anyways, so but everyone's excited except for the motherfucking dog. He literally does not. She does not enter the house. I I have three words. I trust Sadie. Yeah, you always gotta trust the pup. She's an amazing angel, and she would not do you wrong. And she didn't enter that fucking house, and there's a reason for that. I there's know. a reason for that. It's Anyways. creepy. Oh, also here they find uh, the entrance to a cellar, which has been boarded up. Right. Creepy yeah, as fuck. I mean, 
they find out that like yeah there's a seller and they're in the he makes a joke like mm, extra square footage like yeah mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. but uh, but like to be fair if I moved into a creepy old farmhouse and found an old boarded up cellar, I would be stoked to go explore it. Oh, see, <laughs> you know, um, later that night, the children are playing there. F- you get the first game of clap, hide and clap, where the girls basically hide throughout the room and someone walks around with a blindfold on and just finds you. Everyone shut the fuck up. I need to say something. Hide and clap. Okay, give them a break. It was 1971. What it the fuck just they seems like hide and seek with bruises. What do you mean? Hide oh. and clap. You're going to walk around your house with a fucking blindfold and bump into shit. They're bumping into shit the whole fucking movie they playing are. this game. And the mom just is like, you don't play hide and go seek. I know. Walk and around with your fucking eyes. What the fuck? And the mom is like, you guys don't know this house well enough to do that shit here. Like, like it's you just hide and go seek with bruises. Right. Yep. I don't approve. I don't know. But They're this is where they, while playing this game, Joey King, uh, at, but her name is, Jan- uh, no, 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 Jan- I don't think her name is Janet, Christine, um, Does she finds the boarded yeah. up entrance to the cellar. After, that's when he finds the, you know, cellar. The dad, Roger, inspects it with a match. It goes out randomly. There's no draft down there. Sketch. <laughs> um, the family goes to bed, and in the morning, the girls just complain of being cold and having a kind of a rotting smell, which is, like, also huge red motherfucking flag. If it smells like rotting meat, not no bueno. I'm also, like, just not ready for what comes next. I don't even want to say it out loud. Yeah, I know. In the morning, Carolyn wakes up with a mysterious bruise, and their dog, Sadie, is found dead. Sadie knew. A moment of silence, please. (laughs) Rest in peace, Sadie. (sighs) Yeah. They should have listened to her. They really should have. Over the next couple of days, various other fucked up shit occurs. Birds are flying to the house, dying, breaking their necks. <laughs> like, all the time. <laughs> no, like, like, consistently. Like Sounds like someone's knocking on the door. No, it's just a dead bird flying in. Didn't all of the clocks stopped at 3.07 a.m.? Yep. Did and we talk about that yet? No, but, like, that's one of the stuff that starts happening. And then, you know, doors are opening and closing by themselves. Uh, Carolyn hears clapping when no one's there. The smallest child is found, t- April, is found talking to herself in her playroom. I mean, we're literally saying, day you're my friend, right? Day one in this house, imaginary friend. Shit's popping no, off. No. Also, it's always the youngest kid, right? But I feel like the younger the kid, the closer they are to the ghosts. Why and is that? I think it's just because they're the most ma- easy to manipulate. Yeah, maybe. Because she's literally being like, you're my friend, right? Yeah. Also, I my friend Tito made a, t- a TikTok about this the other day, but she's like she was saying I don't have the patience for an imaginary friend for my child. Like you want me to go out to dinner and pay for a meal for your imaginary friend? Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that really what you? I feel like I don't have the do? patience to be a mother in general. So yeah. I mean, you're a kind of doggy mom. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the mom sees April talking to literally herself, and April's like, "Oh, I'm talking to my friend Rory." She says that she plays with this toy and it's like a hypnotic toy and that when she looks, Rory is behind her. What the fuck? I mean, like, there always has to be a creepy music box in these movies. There's creepy For music sure. boxes. They, literally, Ed and Lorraine have a basement full of creepy music it's boxes. It's a real museum. You can go there and see all the Annabelle no, doll thank you. and see everything. Yeah, no, fuck thank that you. Shit. No fucking thank you. Um, 
I mean, like, I love this shit, but, like, I don't want to really be with the real no, shit no, with this that's shit. that's okay. I can like it from over here. Yeah. I'm good over no, here. No, 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 Because I, like I, I, I believe in this shit. You know? No, me <laughs> I'm too. not fucking... Me I'm too. not fucking around. Um, the kid sleepwalking at night in that manner is very concerning. She well, literally yeah. just gets up and bangs her head against well, the dresser. But repeatedly. that happens... I think that happens a little bit later because... I don't she doesn't do that until like the second or third night. I'm yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but first like their daughter feels like someone's getting pulled by the feet. She gets Yeah, 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 yeah. That is tugged. creepy. And then Ed gets the phone call that there's some shit going on and he tries to make an excuse being like, "Oh, I'm going to go run out to the store." And she's like, "You're so bad at lying. Like, why don't you want me to come with you?" Yeah. He's like, "I promise I'm going to go check it out. Everything's cute and fun." They, um, we find out why Lorraine is so worried about him going on this call. She has right. a specific fear because she had a vision of something earlier, but it's explained later. They all go, they go on the call and it's a random couple and they're saying like, this can all be explained. And they basically like debunk whatever this couple was experiencing. Mm-hmm. They say that it was just the poor boards, whatever. Um. Then one night back at the house of like where all this shit is going down, the real people in the story, their mom is taking iron deficiency pills because she has so many bruises on her arms. I will say like I wake up with bruises like that all the fucking time. Like, am I haunted or am I anemic? No, for sure. But then she starts hearing shit around the house. Yeah. All the pictures fly off the walls. That shit was not okay. She's at home alone. Roger's not. I mean, Roger's not in the picture. Her husband at this point. Then she steeps into the basement. Yeah. And a ball is rolled in her direction. No, thank you. She freaks out, runs back upstairs, and the she's only d- using the same match to like sh- for light because there's no light down there. <laughs> it blows out, and she gets locked in the in basement. Locked into the cellar. Yeah. Their young daughter Cindy. This is where she's sleepwalking. She goes into the eldest daughter's bedroom where she starts banging her head on the wall. It's concerning. Like, shit's popping off in all different directions at this point. Um, and the activity, basically what happens is the eldest daughter is being attacked by a spirit that looks like an elderly woman. Yeah, that go. You're talking about like when the ghost jumps down off the off the dresser onto yes. them. It looks like a full ass, like a whole ass woman. It's yeah. really scary. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it's an uh, older woman, and it's terribly scary. So this is yeah. the first time that Carolyn seeks out the help of Ed and Lorraine. Which I'll say, like, she does it probably at the exact moment I would. Yeah, like she doesn't waste time. And like she, the second she sees all of those photos fall down in front of her eyes, she's like, "No, thank you." I'm and what home. I appreciate too is Roger, the man yeah. in this story, like also not being like, "Oh, Does, this is bullshit." Yeah, like, doesn't he gaslight her. Into yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. That shit. Yeah, I loved that. Um, then so they call them for to help and to help validate their concern concerns. She basically begs them to come to the house, and it's November 1st, 1971. They're looking around the house asking questions, and Lorraine sees a woman hanging in the tree behind her. Yeah. So they find out that something, she's clearly something terrible has happened here. Yeah. Um, and then she senses that there is something s- particularly creepy and mean-spirited around this family, 
and it's connected to the family, they conduct, you know, an, an initial investigation because they can't do an exorcism of the house or of her right. until it's approved by the Catholic Church. Right. So they have to, like, get a approval. And is this the movie where, like, because... Oh, we're not there yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, um, but... Do you want to talk? So I will say also one thing I do want to know is that like the collar on Lorraine shirt is serving like 1800s oh, maiden sure. vibes and I'm loving it for her. For sure. It's a very like royal feel. Oh yeah. <laughs> I loved all, I mean they. It was the 70s right. Yeah. But it was hot. It was hot. It was. Um, so anyway Ed and Lorraine are researching this house to try to find out what the fuck has happened here because clearly something terrible has happened here right they find out the house belonged to an accused witch Bathsheba Bathsheba yeah and when Bathsheba's husband caught her sacrificing her one week old infant um she climbed to the top of the property or to the uh, she climbed to the top of the tree where Lorraine saw her hanging mm -hmm. and took her own life she proclaimed her love for Satan and cursed anyone who would try to take her land and then hung herself in the tree. That's why the house is shit popping off. And we find out that her time of death was 3.07 a.m. Yep. That tracks. Um, we find out about Rory, who's the little girl's imaginary friend, was a boy who also died there on the premises. And right. basically everyone who quote-unquote took her land or anyone that has lived on the original 200 acre property of committed the farm suicide. has committed suicide yeah um and we also here get an intro to drew who's ed and Lorraine's yeah. assistant and officer brad hamilton who are there to help and f i know we were just watching the screen movie so i was like drew and dewey like yeah. they both have <laughs> d I, I, I was like this is so cute <laughs> um so they set up thermal cameras all around the house and an alarm system in an attempt to like get evidence so that the Catholic Church would then come um, do the, you know, exorcism and get Bathsheba out of the house. Um, so for the first night, nothing happens at all, which, of course, obviously, um, the cocks don't stop at 3.07 a.m. Nothing really goes on. The next day, they're all eating breakfast. And Roger is really thankful towards Ed and his wife for being there to help them through all of this. And Cute. Ed explains that with every exorcism they do, they lose a little piece of Lorraine because it's taking like a huge toll on her. Yeah, it's a lot. But they're going to do the best they can to help. So sweet. Love mm -hmm. that. Um, during another night of the investigation, nothing seems to happen at nightfall, but... Cindy does begin to sleepwalk again mm -hmm. while walking upstairs. The thermal camera sees that there's a temperature drop around her and she enters into the wardrobe, whereupon the door slams shuts right behind her and the others in the room are freaked out. They force themselves in to go to try to save her and they find a secret passage behind the wardrobe. Yeah. After Cindy is, taken out of this secret passage that they find Lorraine enters the wardrobe and falls through the boards down into Ugh. the cellar it's so scary she falls like so far she yep. falls like from the tippity top to the tippity bottom of the house right she's not in good shape at this point yeah <laughs> there she sees spirits of all 
the people that Bathsheba has like possessed in the past and realizes that her purpose is to possess mothers and use them in order to Ooh. kill their children. It, oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. She's, I didn't get that. Yeah. So that's why you keep seeing that ghost that's like, she made me do it, she made me do it. Yeah. Okay, okay, yep. okay. Get it, get it, get it. Yep. And key point, earlier in the movie, Lorraine and Judy, her daughter, Judy gives her a necklace, and she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you always have it, blah, blah, blah. It's a locket, when, right? Yeah. When she's downstairs, like, freaking out, she accidentally leaves it loses downstairs her in locket. the cellar. And yeah. that locket that she loses has a picture of Judy in it. Correct. So. Which, like, we have, if we're now we're finding out that she's trying to use mothers to kill daughters. Yeah. You're going to leave your daughter's necklace in there. Yikes. Not Foreshadowing. Good. Not good. No. After Lorraine escapes the cellar, she takes Ed and the, all of the evidence to Father Gordon to get a, a exorcism going on while the rest of the family takes, you know, confidence in getting a hotel room and staying safe together. Mm-hmm. Back at the Warren home, their daughter's now getting tormented by Bathsheba. She's in, like, a rocking chair with... Um, the Annabelle doll and the daughter. Right. Now Judy, the daughter, is freaked out. The door slams shut. They're trying to get Judy out. Yeah. They finally do get Judy out. She's fine. Like She's narrowly saved. Right. She's fine. And they think everything's fine and calm down. But then El's, Ed's phone rings. Right. He goes to pick it up. And the other family, Carolyn's family, is in panic because they said that Carolyn just hopped in the car with two of her youngest daughters, Christine and April, and right. is driving them in the car did not say where they were going. Right. So they were all at a motel and she just randomly took two of the kids and left. Yes. Sketch. Yeah. Very sketch. Right. And, um, and we, we t- so we know at this point that like Carolyn is fully possessed by the witch, at the, by, by Bathsheba at this point, because yes. like earlier that morning, like she just like vomited like black bile into her mouth and then she just like got fully possessed by her. So Carolyn yeah. is like not Carolyn at this point. No, She's no, like no. fully a demon. Correct. Um, so like this is definitely like SOS nine one one panic. Correct, correct. So everyone is like rushing to the h- house. He's like, Roger, get to the house as fast as you can, yeah. assuming that Carolyn's driving the girls back to the house to literally kill them there. Which right. Is g- what's gonna and happen? And it should be noted that Ed and Lorraine took all of the evidence from all of their recordings at the house to uh, the church, but they right. said that the approval needed to for the exorcism needed to come from the Vatican. Because the family isn't, like, officially Christian. Like, the kids aren't baptized and stuff, which right. I think is kind of bullshit. But, um, so, the father is, like, trying to push it through himself. But, like, yeah. they don't officially have approval to do this exorcism yet. But, like, shit is going down. So, like, and we need to make moves. So, they're, like, they're in a panic. Everyone rushes back to the house. And the police officer and they find Roger and the police officer struggling with Carolyn as she tries to stab one of her daughters with a pair of scissors. So scary. She's like fully possessed. And Ed is like, let's call the priest. But Lorraine is like, we're already past that. He, it's going to take him way too long to get here. Yeah, like, like, look, you have her. to do it you, yourself. Like we need to do this now. She's not going to make it. So Ed continues to do the exorcism. He attempts it himself. Yep. And so while he's doing this, it seems that Carolyn stops struggling for a second and it seems like the exorcism was successful. But suddenly her chair completely flips upside down over and goes up to the ceiling up and then like flips over and she's on the ceiling. And then doesn't she escape at one point and she's like chasing April under the house? Well, no. So that happens later. So she like then the. Ed is like, let her down, let her down. And so she drops her. The chair breaks. 
yeah. and then they have to hold her down. Right, 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 right. Um, Ed is like rushing over to Carolyn, tells her the demon to leave her body, but Carolyn is like laughing and turns to Ed, and she literally goes, "She's already gone, and now you're all gonna die." Yeah, and Ugh. the ghost literally from the corner shoots the gun yeah 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 but everyone's safe it didn't hit anybody meanwhile drew is upstairs trying to find april hiding under the floorboards in the kitchen he's a true hero he saves april and everyone's great he tells everyone else we found april and then the demon inside carolyn is like oh you found her i'm coming for her yeah she escapes and go crawls underneath the house to try to find and this part is so scary where she's crawling under like that and the girls scream poor april screaming 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 everyone rushes up this um rushes up the stairs to stop her for going through and with like, it throughout this whole thing Ed is like fully doing an exorcism right he's like doing all the latin words and stuff and i just want to yes. know like where do you get the lines for an exorcism like i think the bible but it's like in fully latin yeah i think it's just like a latin version of the bible i think and is it in latin i thought it was in italian it seemed like he was, well, I mean, Latin and Italian are very similar, but it sounded yeah. like Latin. I don't know. I have no idea, actually. But, like, wh- I just feel like, do you just, like, Google that or? No. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Um, um, continue. Carolyn gets a hold of April, and you think shit is, like, completely going wrong. At the same time, Lare- Lorraine reaches through the floor and grabs Carolyn's head, and she was like, you need to remember how much you love your family. Like, yeah. get this demon out of you. Everyone's telling Roger to, like, encourage her. Like, yeah, it's, like, she, very cute. She uses this one moment that they had, like, connected about earlier. This, like, one really nice day at the beach with her family. And I yeah. think she uses, like, her mediumness to, like, get that through her head when she's right, touching she's her. she's touching her head. She, like, reminds her of that beautiful day she had at the beach with her family. And it, like, gives her the extra power she needs to, like, help finish the exorcism, basically. Yep. And this seems to get through to Carolyn. Her face completely relaxes and she her b- breathing returns to normal. The demonic presence in her eyes is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, she puts April down and she's just, like, relieved. Yeah. Um, the scene changes to Carolyn being helped out the front door, and it's now a sunny morning. As she crosses from the threshold of the door into the sunlight, she's literally starting to um, heal. He- yeah. Right? And earlier in the movie, they had to tried to take her outside while she was still possessed, and she started burning. Right. And this time she goes outside, and she starts healing when the sunlight. Yep. The bruises suddenly fade. Everything's fine. They can rejoice with their family and and they're they have this feeling that it's finally over for them god bless and uh april gives uh her locket back yeah which is cute she found her locket and gave it back to to lorraine which was cute after Um, the after everything the warrens return to their home but ed is entering his room of possessed little gadgets and he puts down the music box the creepy music box from where you know the littlest one april said that she saw her friend rory in the back and the camera pans out slowly from the music box and the screen goes black and that's the end of the first conjuring movie and that's the end and and uh, it ends at the end with like real pictures of the perone family and the warren family which is really cool yeah i know um to see what they really look like um and i will say this is a true story yeah crazy that's a true story and 
there were literally zero kills in this movie. Like, not even Brad or Drew, who I thought were fairly expendable. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Drew, though. I love I mean, Drew. I'm happy no one died. But yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, actually, it's good. That's a good point. I don't think in even in the second one, somebody dies. No, it's like all the people died before the movie started. Yeah. You know, and we're just, like, learning about it. And then for a quick... I have a little. You have fun facts. I have a couple of fun facts. I looked some stuff up. So I found out that the real Perone family visited the set of the film. Yeah, they which did. I thought was really cool. And the film contains no sex or nudity, little profanity, tame and mostly bloodless violence, and brief description depictions of alcohol and no smoking. Yet it received an R rating. This was solely for its scare factor alone. Yep, and I actually know that they tried to get it to be PG thirteen, but yeah. everyone was like, "No, it's too scary." Because um, I mean, the visuals are really scary. What you said about them visiting the set, I actually think the two like Ed, the actors that played Ed and, Lor- and Lorraine spent like a week with them. Yeah, while they, I think just yeah. Lorraine because I think she was the only one that was alive at that point. And I think they also, uh, yeah, they yeah they traveled to Connecticut, right? And they stayed yeah. with her in Connecticut, yeah. Yep. Um, and then I found out that J- director James Wan modeled the film's cinematography and atmosphere after vintage 1970s horror films, yeah. which I felt like came through very well yeah. and loved the vibe of. Yeah, the, definitely the 70s vibes are on point. Um, um, did you know that it originally had a different name? The Warren Files. That's oh, yes, yes, called. yes. I did see that. I yeah. did see that. And then I also saw that the Warrens also investigated the Amityville Horror case, which we get into in the next movie, right. The Conjuring 2. My favorite fun factoid is that the real Lorraine has a cameo in the movie. Really? Yeah. She's one, And when they're doing that seminar, she's one of the older, she's the older woman sitting in the audience. And oh, it's, that's really cool. Lorraine. I yeah. love that. Yep. Oh, and that's so fun. Something else kind of crazy. Um, screenings in the Philippines were all b- blessed by priests. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. But that's that's Conjuring 1. How did you I, feel overall? Did you like it? I liked I it. I, I So, yeah, it's not my typical kind of stuff. I respect it for what it is. It's spooky. You know, it's the scares are good. Um, n- it is kind of violent and almost gory, even though there's not really a ton of blood, yeah. which I was kind of here for. I th- I'm, I'm happy you appreciate that because I know that's what you appreciate about yeah. the screen movies that there's a bunch of gore and guts and yeah. blood and stuff. But it c- it's so crazy that this movie can still be so scary. Yeah, yeah. Like the visuals that it gives, even though it's not gore, are very terrifying for sure. Um, and I just love Patrick Wilson. I love Vera. Um, I'm so here for them. And shout out Joey too. Shout out Joey King. Um. Yeah, I, d- I didn't hate it. So nice, love that. And and and, and, and what I like because I feel like a lot of ghost movies uh, yeah. go down the route where they don't really explain why certain things happen or or you know, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves in horror movies. Like you don't get an explanation for something, and I feel 100%. like this has like a really buttoned up story, and 100%. everything kind of makes sense and, and goes back to to the plot and it's all i mean the the conjuring movies are connected with the annabelle movies and the nun movie yes so that's what we're going to be doing next so we're going to do conjuring one conjuring two conjuring three and the nun yeah or in annabelle or whichever ones you want yeah maybe we'll do some of the annabelles we'll say yeah those are your shots but um yeah i really enjoy this movie yeah i think this is definitely my favorite franchise of scary movies so i'm happy we were able to do your faves first and then mine yay cute but i hope you guys loved um 
let us know if you have any movie suggestions that you would like to see us chat about yeah dm us um you can find us on instagram at puff puff slash pod on twitter at puff puff slash um you can find me on instagram at five underscores rari two eyes and you can find me at tori rusco on all platforms um thank you all for listening to puff puff slash and uh we'll see you next time peace out